Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. You know, when I was told that uh, you were waiting for me to come, I started uh, to be anxious, nervous. I haven't experienced it for a while. My heart is pounding. But I believe the Lord is going to bless us today. Indeed, we came uh, from a country where we did not have religious uh, freedom. And can you imagine, in USSR, uh, Bible was banned, forbidden for almost 60 years. And can you imagine a nation without a Bible, without God? We lived in such a darkness. But then the Lord uh, shined us with his light uh, upon us. With his life and gave us hope. And now we're having a new time. We have many churches. Many Bibles. Uh, lots of God's glory. And we're going to have more. Thank you so much, Pastor and Debbie, for uh, the invitation. It's such an honor for me to be here today. We don't have much time. I'll be sharing the word today. And the topic, the message that I want to bring to you today is going to be very motivational. And it's called I must. John 9:4, Jesus says, As long as it is day, we must do, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am in the light of the world. You know, it's an interesting phrase, I must. Jesus says, I must. You know, we live in such a time when people say, I don't owe, I owe nothing to no one. But, but the Jesus in whom we believe, here he says, I must, we must. And because of that, I believe that we also must. We must do something interesting during our lifetime for God. Something that the Lord has called us to do. This phrase, I must, I must, is so many times, is so uh, widely used in the scripture. When Jesus was 12 years old, he knew he must be in the house of his father. And when his parents found him in the temple, he said, don't you know I must be here? It's so amazing when you realize that today on Sunday you must be in church. It's so amazing when the young people are at church today. And they know that they must be here. Instead of staying at home and playing computer games. And it's so amazing that you know you must be here, brothers and sisters. Why are you here? Because something within you was telling you, I must come. You know, when uh, God called Apostle Paul, he told him, you must. You will be my apostle. You must. And then when Apostle Paul is preaching on himself, he is writing in the message and he says, I owe everyone. I owe, I owe, to, uh, the, uh, I owe everyone. 
Поэтому знаешь ли ты сегодня, so, что ты должен делать? Do you know what you must do today? Есть нечто, что ты должен сделать обязательно в этой жизни. Пару месяцев назад я встретил человека из Канады. A couple of months ago I met a person from Canada. Он такой пожилой дедушка уже. He's an elderly, um, elderly man already. мы с такой страны. And uh, he says, you know, I'm from a country where we have prosperity. We have a big church. We've been sitting in the church our whole lives. Uh, we were singing songs to God. The Lord has blessed our country. But he says, one time Holy Spirit touched me. And I realized that time is passing by. And I must do something for God. And then I went to, the, to Ukraine. I met a couple of pastors. And in the past couple of years, we have planted 50 new churches. I was gathering special offerings for the uh, planting of the new churches. And he said, I am so happy. And then he says, I'm looking at the rest of the church that only sings songs and that are so rejoicing in their own salvation. And I see that they are losing, missing on so much. Because there is this happiness in, uh, in knowing that you must do something for God. He also told me that the churches, some churches, currently look like kindergartens or daycare. Where, where people want the pastors to sing lullabies to them and tell them funny stories. While they are sleeping quietly. And when Jesus comes, the pastor has to wake everyone up and says, okay, there you go, Jesus is here. But there's a different picture of a church when the people are laboring. Amen. Amen. I remember we had a preacher who came in. He said, there are two images of a church. One image is a cat and another one is a dog. You know, cat is such a creature that is kind of has a mind of its own. How many of you have a cat at home? Not that many people. But you probably see that when you come back home, the cat is acting as if he's the master of the house. And you have to serve him. And he is climbing up on your armchair. And if you try to kick him out, he will be very, uh, he, his uh, face will have a very unpleasant. Um, but the dog is acting differently. The dog is waiting when the master is saying, go there. And the master is throwing a stick, for example. And it runs and does it. And it only lives for the praise of the master. I think this is, this is the image that we as a church need to look like. Not the lazy cats that live for themselves. For themselves. You know. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, this word uh, I owe or my obligation, it's not the kind of obligation that forces you to do something. Even though you, we all understand that the Lord has uh, uh, has all abilities to make us do something. Doesn't he? You remember the story about Jonah? The Lord says, go there. And Jonah goes the opposite way. And then God goes and took him right back. Put him in jail, in the, in the stomach of the whale. 
И знаете, интересный этот был Иона. And you know, Jonah was an interesting guy. Даже в желудке кита он бунтовал. Even in the inside of the whale, he was still rebellious. Только на третий день он сказал, Only on the third day he was able to say, well, okay, whatever you want, I'll fulfill it. <laughs> we are sometimes very stubborn. But the Lord does have the power to bring us back. Even in such a way. I believe that our master can tell us, stand up and go. Amen. And then we will have to stand up and go. But the kind of must I'm talking about is not the obligation that forces you to do something. God doesn't like us to be serving him as slaves. Because the Bible says that God loves those who are giving willingly. God wants us to have a desire in our hearts. Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act. Which means God is the one who is creating uh, this will and this um, action in us. He's the one who is birthing this desire to do something. And then you say, I must do it. When it is love that motivates you, it forces you, it makes you. И всех, которых распалал дух. In Exodus 35:21, uh, the Lord is noticing the people, and He says they were the people whose heart is willing and uh, whose spirit was willing as well. Бог хочет, чтобы у нас было желание и расположение сердца делать что-то. God wants our hearts and our spirits to be willing to do something. Потому что так это because that is what God loves to bless. You know, it's as if a person is feeling this calling, this, this pull to do something for God. And then when you are so um, head over heels in this ministry for him. The Lord is able to give you a beautiful life. You know, there are many unhappy people. In Matthew 11:28, Jesus says, there are so many who are burdened and weary, people who are unhappy. They don't feel satisfied in their lives. And he's giving them the clue, the key. He says, come to me. And I will give you rest. And how is he going to give you rest? He says, take my yoke upon you. Take something, take some assignment. Take some yoke that I'm about to give you. And you will see how happy you're going to become. How easy it's going to be for you to do it. And then you will find rest for your souls. If you start doing something with such a joy, with such a desire, and with such a love to God, you will become a happy person. Because the Lord is going to start blessing you. And then you will have the prosperity of the soul. You know, love is very simple. Love is not to take, love is to give. The selfish people are the, uh, are the most miserable people on earth. And the happiest people are the ones who love. So within us, uh, the believers, there must be something 
that makes us stand up and say, I must, I must, I must. You have amazing uh, people uh, in your country, in your history. Have you heard about uh, a person called William Carey? who is called the father of missions in general. He, can you imagine he went to India and everyone was saying, where are you go why are you going there? His brother said, don't go there. But he said, I must. So he did. For seven uh, years he was translating the Bible. And he uh, has done a great amount of work. And then there was a fire and everything burned down. Burned down. And instead of leaving and going home disappointed, he had this desire to complete and fulfill the work that he, was, uh, he had to do there. So he stayed. And he worked seven more years. Because he said, I must do that. As a result, he translated the Bible into 21 Indian dialects. You know, when people have this great desire, when they don't look in anything else and they just go forward the history remembers those kinds of names and we want to be like them sometimes somebody is getting you involved into a ministry and that's how you start and then the ministry is what changing your heart uh, I've known a man his name is Joe Stockley he's from America the very first time I met him, that was the first time ever that I've met a man who, had, who didn't have a tongue. There was an accident when he was young. And uh, he was shot, and that's how he lost his tongue. And can you imagine, he was a young guy having no tongue. But still, he got married. He had kids. He became a math professor. He had a good American life. Didn't want to do much. Everything was good. And then some people said, come on a trip with us to Russia. And he said, well, I don't really want to. And they said, let's go. You gotta go. You must. So he was forced to. And he went. And he was telling that in one of the orphanages there was a little girl who came up to him and sat on his lap and um, hugged him. And he said, something clicked in my heart. It was as if shattered. I started crying, weeping. And he said, I wept for three days straight. Could not stop. He said, that was probably my, my um, violent or my stiffness of my heart that was pouring out through the tears. My selfishness. My my selfishness, my love to self. And then my eyes got open and I came home. I realized that I am doing life totally wrong. My life is getting close to being over and I haven't done anything for God. And then he left all of his um, jobs, all that he was doing and started serving those orphans started raising money, created his uh, foundation, and started helping other people. And he was saying, Slava, I am a happy person. You can't imagine what my schedule looks like. Everyone, the whole world is waiting for me. And when I came uh, to the States, he said, uh, come, I'm going to show you my house. And you know, I came there and I was surprised. He says, this is my house. 
Короче, там нет ни воды, ни света. There's no water, running water or, or electricity. Вот говорит мой душ. This is my shower, he says. There's a bucket of water that spills over. And then his electricity was a power generator. And he said, I am the happiest person. And now he, he goes, okay, let's, uh, I'm going to show you the house of my wife. I go there. And it's a beautiful castle. He says, that's not my type of a house. He said, when my eyes were open, my wife stopped understanding me. But you know, sometimes it happens like that in our life. But every person will, um, will stand before God. And I think what we're going to hear is the question, what have you done for me? And, and it's going to be such a wonderful thing to hear when God weighs us and says, welcome you. Uh, good and faithful servant. Yes. I remember the first time I came to the Нас UK. Uh, we stayed in York at a house of uh, a couple. Uh, they were an elderly couple. Very, very nice couple. They were serving us. And I asked them, what have you been doing your whole life? They laughed and they said, You know, we both worked in healthcare industry. And uh, we, were, uh, we were specialists in STDs. And that's how we got wealthy. And they were kind of laughing. He said, because you can make lots of money on people's uh, sickness. And then I asked, so what are you doing now? Yeah, they said, we, well, we are retired. And I said, but you still have lots of energy and strength. You can do something for God. And they said, well, what can we do? I said, well, you can open an organization. You can feed the hungry. Do you know how many hungry people there are in India, for instance? You will have such a joy. You'll see. Because you can do that, right? And you know, a couple years later when I came back uh, to UK, they came up to me and they said, Pastor Slava, thank you. We've done just as you said. And we are such happy people now. And I was so happy too. You know, lots of uh, older people, they're kind of... Um, um, not accounting themselves anymore. They're saying, well, I'm retired. But you remember two retired people who came to the Pharaoh. Aaron and Moses. They had beers that long. Beards. Aaron was 85 and Moses was 80. And can imagine, two retired people came. Two elderly men came to Pharaoh. And Aaron goes, Pharaoh, this old man is telling you to let this people go. But they just started fulfilling their calling when they were 85. And they led almost 3 million people out of the Egypt. Say hallelujah. I believe that people as like that are sitting here who can lead out of this sinful exile uh, hundreds of souls. So don't tell me, well, I'm too old. 
Я помню однажды в Америке, я смотрю, идет такая бабушка. When I was in the States, I'm seeing there's an old lady walking. Мы там были на похоронах. We were at a funeral, attending a funeral there. Идет такая бабушка. And there was a very old lady. И садится в машину. And she's hardly walking, and she's sitting in the car. Я не мог поверить. And I could not believe that. I came up to her and I said, how old are you? She said, 95. And she was laughing. And she told me, don't worry, I'm going for 120. And then she started the car and she... And I felt myself very old compared to her. You know, the ministry, the service, it will be your joy. It will be your joy. And God wants you to do it easily for him. I love this scripture, Genesis 29, 20. It says, so Jacob served seven years to get Rachel. But they seemed like only a few days to him. Because he loved her. You know, it is very similar what has to happen with our hearts. If you love God, you will serve Him and it will be your satisfaction. Because love changes everything. You know, we come to church to enjoy it. We're not here to suffer through. Amen. Some people are like, oh, again, the service. Oh, again, when is the, when is the preacher going to stop preaching? Oh, when is going to be the third song over? There are people like that. But we are not here to suffer. I'm here to rejoice. Hallelujah. You know, it's going to be your joy. But you also have to submit sometimes and uh, have somebody get you involved in the ministry. I once read a, an article uh, about a missionary in Africa who was asked if he liked what he does. And he said, do I like, like this labor? He said, no. My wife and I, we don't like the dirt. My wife and I, we are very sophisticated people. We don't like crawling into disgusting huts through, um, through the dried excrements. But don't we have to do things that we don't necessarily enjoy? For Christ, because it is not, there, is, uh, there is not a question whether I like it or not. We were told to go, so we go. And love strengthens us. And listen closely. And love to God makes our, turns our obligations into our satisfaction. People can try to serve God without loving Him. But nobody can love God without serving Him. Nobody. If you love God, you will for sure, 100%, you will serve him. Because love will move you. And the love inside of you will tell you that you must. You must. I must. I must. You know, there's this philosophy that I owe nothing to the world, to anyone. That's, that's wrong. 
let's imagine if Jesus Christ said that. Father, why do I have to? These people down on earth, it's all, it's all their fault. Why would we help them? Well, why do I have to? But look at the life of Jesus. For he so loved the world. Love was the love was his motivation. So he came into this world. God who created the whole universe. Who has created every atom, atom of, this worth, of this world, the seen and the unseen. God who cannot be contained in the whole universe. He became so small and he uh, entered the, in, entered the human body and became like us he lived this life he was tempted in everything and he, he went through sufferings through, uh, he, he was hungry he went through all the things that we are going today but the will of God for him was leading him towards the cross. And he could have said no easily. But inside, he said, I must. And that's why in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, I must. Not my will, but your will. And that's why today, because he said, I must, back then, you and I have salvation going to heaven. Without Jesus, there is no hope. There is nobody in this whole universe who can unlock the heaven other than Jesus. Even the righteous of the Old Testament they were in they were in um, Abraham's um, um, bism is it called yeah which is a little better than uh, the hell but in order for them to enter the heavens only Jesus had the keys to unlock and he did that for us because he said, I must. I must. You know, did he want to do that? But love motivated him. When you don't want to do something, when you don't feel like doing something, love is what's gonna, going to move you. Yesterday, uh, during the conference, I shared a story about this a 16-year-old girl from America. She was 16. She came to study at school. It was a new school for her. And 1,600 were sitting there at a lecture. She didn't know anyone. And there was the very first meeting with all of them in a huge auditorium. She was there on the very back row and the main atheist came up on the stage. Her name was Marlene O'Hara. She was very um, militant atheist. She was uh, working very hard uh, for the prayers at school to be stopped and other evil things. So this lady came up on the stage and said, there is no God. Uh, the, person, the human has evolved from a, from a monkey. And I'm sure there's nobody in this auditorium who can say anything good about Jesus. And you know, everyone was quiet. And this girl, she raised up her hand, closed her eyes, 
stood up and started singing an old hymn let's stand up let's stand up for Jesus in 30 seconds another guy stood up and sang with her another girl stood up 10 more people stood up 20, 50 people 200 people and then all 1600 stood up and they all sang let's stand up, let's stand up for Jesus and this atheist lady she was saying, she was yelling shut up but nobody listened to her she took all of her stuff and she left you know there's this struggle it's very, it's very fierce sometimes but within you, deep within you understand that you must sometimes you must do things you don't like uh, something that might be dangerous for your life but you feel that you, God wants you to do that one time I was in Israel and there was a group of pastors uh, and then there was a meeting arranged with us pastors with the government officials and very important people came and uh, every pastor had a chance to stand up and thank them and promise that they will bring their people, their congregation to Israel for tourism. And I'm thinking, well, that's what I'm probably going to say too. And then all of a sudden I hear Holy Spirit say, inside of these walls, the name of Jesus Christ has never been heard yet. So stand up and exalt the name of Jesus here. And I'm saying, Lord, you know how, what they're thinking about Jesus. You know they don't believe Jesus is Messiah. It's all just business for them. And you know, I was, um, I was fighting. And then, while I was fighting myself, the pastors, and I'm seeing that it's almost my turn. Oh, Lord, mercy, mercy. And then somewhere inside I realized, I must do that. So I stood up and I said, you know, you know what, we respect Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all of the prophets of the, Old, of the Old Testament. And we will definitely bring our people and tourists here. But we will do that not because of those prophets. We are going to do that only because of Jesus Christ, our Lord God, who has died and was resurrected. He is our Savior. And he's also your guy. And when I sat down, two pastors that were close to me, they were kind of like pushing me with their elbows. And they said, what did you just say? You do realize the situation. But then I hear the Lord telling, good job. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, we live for that, heaven, to feel that heavenly pleasure on your life. I just uh, heard a story recently. I just want you, I just want to encourage you to uh, overcome the flesh and uh, follow the spirit. Uh, uh, there was a story of how God told one young girl at a store. He said, when you come to the cash register, stand on your head. Your, lift your feet up. 
Она просто спортсменка, она умеет это делать. She was a gymnastic, she was an athlete, so she knew how to do that well. Господи, ты хочешь меня позорить? And she said, Lord, do you want to humiliate me publicly? Она стала в очередь. So she was in the line. Решила, что не будет становиться. And decided not that she's not gonna going to. And when she paid, the Lord said, well, so sorry you did not obey. And she said, Lord, okay, okay. She came out of the cash register and she did that. She stood on her head and she was standing like that. At this time, the woman who was at the cash register, she started crying and she started yelling. And she said, one hour ago there was a guy who was telling me about Jesus here. And I said, I'm an atheist. I do not believe in God. And I said, if God exists, I need somebody to come here and stand up on their head. So now I believe. I believe. I believe. How do you know? If this, this uh, move inside of you, this pull when you must, how do you know what kind of prayers people around you are praying? Do not take too much on yourself. Do not, instead of thinking way too much and overthinking with logics, isn't it easier to obey the Holy Spirit and do what he said? One pastor in Siberia told me a story how one karate, uh, karate uh, person came to a, Sunday, uh, to a Sunday service and he was bored there. What a weird society. That's not my kind of society. My kind of society is old sportsmen. Lord, I don't believe in all of that. But if you do exist, let some karate person come up to me as well. And uh, at that church, there was an old lady who was 85 years old. And she did karate her whole life. <laughs> and, and she comes up to this man after the service. She didn't say hello or goodbye. She comes up to him. And that guy repented. <laughs> received Christ. He said, the Lord does exist. <laughs> Say hallelujah. Let's give God the glory this morning. Amen. Amen. When you have this struggle inside of you and you feel this yoke that you must do something, but then you pray about it and it starts growing inside of you. And it becomes so strong, Это such желание, a strong desire within you that you realize you must, you have no choice. Я, and if it's not you, then nobody Если will. Сейчас, and когда? if it's now, then when? Здесь, if not here, then where? I must. That is I must. Uh, there is no other name who. There is no other person who gives hope other than Jesus. So you'll see how your life can change. And the things that you will be doing for Christ, it will lift you up very high. Just don't resist that desire to do something. Apostle Paul says, I did not resist the heavenly vision. You know, when the Lord is calling you, remember Mother Teresa. 
в монастыре. She was somewhere in a monastery. И услышал этот призыв. And she heard that call. Едь, помоги моим детям в Калькутте. Go help my children in Calcutta. Я читал книжку про нее. I read a book about her. Я плакал. And I was crying. Представьте, она за всю свою жизнь собрала с мусорки девять с лишним тысяч детей. Can you imagine throughout her whole life she picked up nine over 9,000 kids from the garbage. She grew them up, she gave them food, she gave them education. The Lord has lifted her up so high that she was able to uh, be the VIP guest in the United Nations Committee. She had a free, free tickets, free flights to any point of the, in the earth, of the world. She could even enter the prison in Afghanistan. And she could uh, take, um, she could free, liberate a soldier, for example, from there. Uh, Princess Diana, she was her sponsor. Many businessmen gave her tremendous gifts. And she wouldn't take anything for herself. She was just happy that to be able to do something. And you know, when she died, uh, there was a million people on her funerals. And there was a little boy who drew a little, um, a little poster. And he wrote, Mother Teresa, we will, uh, Mama Teresa, we will never forget you. And he cried so hard that with his tears uh, he blurred out all the, everything he's written. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, may there be a very strong I must in your heart. Don't listen to your flesh. Do not listen. Listen to the Spirit. Listen to God. Listen to God and His calling. We don't want a uh, futile life. Because futile life leads us to sin. Uh, futility is the uh, mother of all of the, all of the mistakes, like the beginning of all of the sins. And the last thing, Matthew 20. I'm not going to read it, but the story the story is there is that the master went out to hire uh, employees for the workers for his vineyards and there was a group of people there and he said why are you standing here in futility there's so much work let's go I'm going to give you a job you know, maybe some of you are unemployed. The Lord can give you a job. The kind of job that will make you so happy. And you will thank God for the rest of your life. Because serving God is a privilege. You know, in Belarus we serve God. It's not easy. But I feel in my heart that I must. And because we are still there, standing there. You know, there are thousands of people who can come up to me and those who are being served and who can say thank you. Thank you. Thank you because you, you were not um, indifferent. And I found the most precious thing. Amen. You know, I was 20 years old. And I met a wonderful young lady. She didn't know the Lord. She was raised up in an atheist family. And I was a believer uh, from, a child, from a childhood and I was involved in a mission work in Belarus. And in one of the towns 
Одна женщина дала мне записочку. In one of the towns on the outreach service, one lady came up to me and gave me a piece of paper with an address. And she said, "Go, my daughter studies in this university. Tell her everything you just told us." Я пришел домой, про все забыл. I came home, I forgot about everything. Потом через месяц мама постирала. In about a month, my mother was washing my jacket, and she found that piece of paper. So I went to this university, found, uh, found this uh, young girl, I brought her to Christ, I invited her to church, and she said, can I bring my friend with me? And I said, bring everyone. So she brought her friend here. And I thought, what would have happened if I didn't go, was was tired or lazy and maybe thought, well, what, what's, what's that note? There are so many sinners in this world. I'm tired of them. But I knew I had to, I must. And the Lord has given us a wonderful family. Wherever you obey God, you will be happy. Я просто призываю Божье благословение на вашу жизнь. И это благословение звучит так. And that blessing sounds like this. Я должен. I must. Во имя Иисуса. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church, and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.